Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. Hi, Adam. Oh man, I'm so excited. We got all these scary stories that we're going to talk about tonight. These these tales of terror. Tales of terror. Adam, Adam, Adam. I, I hate... I hate to do this to you, bud, and you know I do. I... Anytime someone's incorrect, I it physically pains me to have to let them know. But it's actually what? Tales of Terra, T-E-R-R-A, oh. not Terror. Oh. Terror oh. is a Marvel Comics character whose arms can fall off and he can make other body parts, his arms or something. I forget. I, just, <laughs> I think it's... I think I had a trading card for Terror at some point. <laughs> is Terror a Steve Gerber creation? Because I feel like he is. It sounds like a wacky enough thing to be a Steve Gerber thing. Uh, yeah. So you're telling me I'm not going to be terrified? I don't think you're going to be uh, terrified. Uh, no. Uh, Terra is actually a DG Chichester uh, and Klaus Jensen creation. Oh, all right. I would not have nice. gotten that. That's uh, that's okay. Uh, that character, Terror, is not in this episode at all. Uh, but we are going to be talking about the fictional sword and sorcery world of Terra that some of our um, ex-pals again, get sucked into. <laughs> again, no, the world is called, uh, not Terra, it's called Gashim. Wait, that's right. Why is it called Terra then? I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now I'm confused. You're right. The world is called Geshem, right? It's G-E-S-H-E-M. So why is it called Terra? I'm so confused now. Bud, I don't know. Geshem's only appeared in two actual comics and three official handbooks of the Marvel Universe. Oh my god. Oh wow. Well, uh, who do we have to thank for sending us to Geshem uh, well, to get terrified this week? Yeah, to... to to thank, we have Nick Wilson, because Nick went over to patreon.com slash comicsxf and said, boys, boys, I really like the uh, high-quality comic book content that the website comicsxf provides and that I get to hear weekly on the podcast, Val of the Atom. And I would like you on that podcast uh, to talk about these stories, and in return, I will give you money. I will give you U.S. currency. I, mm. I, I We get U.S. currency. People can just... <laughs> People can give it to us in any type of currency, and Patreon does the rest. Yes. Though, no crypto, I don't think. We're we're strictly... Uh, Is that possible? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. Ethically, I would prefer people didn't, because I have issues with the environmental impact of cryptocurrency, and as a Master of Business Administration... I have economic uh, issues with it in that it's dumb and it has no end game and it's a freaking grift that is powered only by sniffing the farts of everybody else who believes in cryptocurrency. <laughs> and that's not actually that much of a joke. 
<laughs> so uh folks don't don't pay us in uh terra coins or whatever <laughs> well well honestly again patreon does all that work for us so if they yes. did we would never know that's true well i uh, i guess we should get into it uh you said there are two terra stories and we're gonna go chronologically here the first one is reign of terra which yeah. is just a terrible pun that so it doesn't really make sense because it's not that the, the land is not called terra yeah, it's uh rain in this case is R H A N E or R A R A H N E Rain Sinclair. You know her, she's Wolf Spain. Uh Arya Stark played her in a movie. Um even though she didn't really look like a wolf very much in that movie. No. Not a good movie. Not a good movie at all. Everyone I keep forgetting that I saw that new mutants movie. Like <laughs> I did I, mean, was... I did eventually see it. It was only it 90 minutes good. long, and it's not very good. Uh, you know Cecilia Reyes was in that movie, allegedly? <sighs> sure. I guess that was... There's a lot of characters that are in that movie, quote-unquote. I. Uh, hmm. Danny, Danny's, Danny and Rain are in the movie, for sure. Magic's okay. in the movie, but she's racist. That I don't like. That no one Big... likes. Cannibal and Sunspot are allegedly in the movie... Uh, mm. Mm. Mm, yeah, I, I don't like. I'm not saying I mm. liked it. I'm saying they were there. Uh, as a big uh, Samuel Zebulon Guthrie fan, I was disappointed. Uh, <laughs> anyway, a lot of those characters do show up in Wolverine: Reign of Terror. It came out in August of 1991. It's got some beautiful Andy Kubert work uh, on the covers and on the interiors. Uh, written by two-time GLAAD Award winner Peter Allen David. And I think notably, uh, some really... I, this might be my favorite aspect of the book, is the colors. Um, that are kind of a little watercolory um, by Sherilyn Van Valkenburg, who is a colorist I'm not familiar with. Don't I know am, that I've seen Sherilyn's work anywhere else. I am not familiar with her work either. Uh, this was a like perfect bound, uh, like Wolverine annual but they weren't doing annuals for wolverine or excalibur uh they were just doing you know there's so many of these from this period you know they were just like everybody loves wolverine let's make these you know nice oversized books <laughs> oh she colored uh Fawfin and the gray mauser she colored oh. uh wolverine killing wolverine inner glory uh the first issue of wolverine havoc meltdown she was. She colored a lot of stuff for a hot second. She colored uh, an issue of Blood and Guts, the Punisher Captain America crossover. Ooh. Um, Ooh. The Punisher Captain America crossover that involves Terror from Terror Inc. Hey, we're coming full circle here. This is great. <laughs> this is this is actually the story where Terror first appears again. Nice. Terror not in any of these. Yeah, I I really like the uh, sort of muted earth tone colors of this. Um, <laughs> we talked about the New Mutants here. This is the uh, Liefeld era uh, cable in the New Mutants. So we have Richter, Sunspot, Cannonball, Boom Boom, uh, and Cable. Warlock. Warlock's oh, right. there. He's sort not dead of? yet. No. Yeah, this is pre-extinction agenda. And yeah, uh, is... Rain is... Um, Oh boy, Rain's not having a good day here. Uh, Rain Sinclair's and... hysterical, and Cable locked her in a closet. 
in a straight jacket. I love in cable a straight so jacket. Much. Again, can't emphasize enough. I love cable. <laughs> he is not the gentlest of of people. He does not have the softest touch when it comes to sensitive situations. Um, and I would say that he handled this one poorly. Uh, I would agree 100%. I also uh, don't know that this is really in character. You know, at this point, we're still not quite sure who Cable is or what his whole deal is. So I guess it's kind of understandable that Peter David writes him this way. But he still seems like, I don't know, why Why is he locking Rain away like this? It doesn't make any sense because all that's going on is that Rain thinks that she's another person. Which yeah. she technically is yeah we find out that she got her uh mind swapped and body swapped i guess with uh princess rain from the land of geshem um by by (laughs) a mage by who is like that world's cable who walks around with a scepter that is warlock so there's sort of like analogs to all of our characters in this other world yeah they all do a D &D in this one and they're all like, hey, I'm really this person. I'm really this person. And you know what it feels like to me, Adam? What does it feel like to you, Zach? It feels like the Asgardian Wars, but bad. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think this felt anything like Asgardian Wars. Whereas there's a I story we'll talk about. I did say we'll it was about. bad. Hold on. <laughs> I did add that very large caveat. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't feel Asgardian as much as it just feels kind of like, like you said, D&D. Uh, and you know, the headline character here is Wolverine, but it's a new mutant story. So Wolverine has also, uh, is he literally sucked into this world? Like, yeah, is, he is. is. It's, is he it's also not his analog. Out? No, no. Right. No, he's just, I think it's Magnus brings him in. Right. So there's, there's another, the mage is a good guy, but the. The Magus is the bad guy of our story. There's no, a the prophecy. Magnus. The it's Magnus. Not the Magus. We'll talk the about the Ma- Magus later. Yeah, the Magus comes. This is a different <laughs> thing. It, yeah. And it's unrelated to the Magus that's the other side of the warlock, but not that warlock. Right. We're talking yeah, about those... him. <laughs> Man, we're probably confusing people at this point. But uh, Wolverine has been brought there because there is a prophecy uh, that the princess is going to be killed by. Uh, a beast and if that happens then i guess that everybody like gets rich and has happy life or i don't know like there's people kind of rooting this on but it's confusing i'll be honest i cannot recall the plot and i just (laughs) read it a few days ago it's it's a nonsense plot that's the thing it's it's trying to pack a lot into a small story and none of it's told well or engaging. The the stakes feel like nothing because besides Rain and Wolverine, who Wolverine barely appears in this, uh, these aren't our characters, so I don't care if fake Sunspot or fake Rector gets killed. I, I was like, uh, eventually Rain will get back because, again, they're not going to kill off Rain Sinclair in a Wolverine book. <laughs> Uh, you say short, but it is a 68 pager. So, uh, we, yeah. well, it's, I mean, that's including like the covers and the credits, but still, still. it's, it's a, it's a double size, triple sized book 
that doesn't yeah. need to be that long. Yeah, they really should have sure. found more story to put into into those pages. <laughs> yeah, uh, it also kind of feels like um, a, a tryout for for Andy in a lot of ways. You know, this is before he jumps into his uh, run on Uncanny, uh, and then later on to X Men, and uh, you know he's he's pretty good. Uh, the art here is is nice. There are some spots where you're like, okay, he's not quite to where he will be. Uh, you know, when, when he reaches full Andy Kubert style and one of the things he does very well is draw Wolverine sort of snarling, growling, slashing. And like you said, when Wolverine appears, that's pretty much all he's doing because he's been possessed by this, uh, Magneto analog Magnus. Well, you say, you say trout the same month that it was published. Uh, he also did work on uncanny X-Men 279. Uh, which, to be fair, was the issue that Chris Claremont walked out on halfway through. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I'd be really interested to know when this was drawn. It it still oh, it feels had to be had to be way before, like when he was yeah. doing Semper Fi or <laughs> Savage Sword of Conan. He started with a, just a bunch of Conan stuff. Good for him. And and the art pairing there makes a lot of sense because this this you know. This is kind of sword and sorcery stuff, castles. Um, the, the conclusion of this ends with Wolverine jumping into the Magnus's ear. The uh, Magnus has now grown to like giant size. And uh, Wolverine basically just like jumps into his ear and cuts off his brain, I guess. Then <laughs> comes out the other ear. Hey, has Andy done anything for Marvel since 2005? I have. No idea. The I mean, last Adam, thing he's Adam Adam's, certainly has. Adam's currently drawing Wolverine, so right. Yeah, he's he's set. Andy, the last thing that I'm seeing is Ultimate Iron Man in 2005, written by you know, Orson Scott Card. Um, hmm. Not a great thing to wrap up on. I mean, <laughs> maybe it's just maybe that's why he wanted to go to the DC, or he may. I don't know. Is he is he teaching at Kubert School? Uh, he might be uh, the yes. fate of of that Kubert is uh, is unknown to me. I feel like I feel like Andy Kubert uh, is doing fine for himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he just did a Batman story last year. He's doing pretty okay. I can't imagine he's not. Uh, so eventually, our reigns get swapped. Um, you know, I, I guess they they let Rain out of her straight jacket. Everybody has a nice hug. And uh, Wolverine shows up just to prove that it's not a dream by dropping off this little medallion of, of a wolf head. Um, it's a nothing story. Like you said, we, the stakes are very low. I don't really care. You know that Rain is going to make it back. You don't necessarily care about uh, the analogs because they're not our characters. And, uh, you know, aside from some clever stuff, I, like the... I do like the cable analog carrying around Warlock as his like wizard staff. That's kind of fun. I, there's not a lot to enjoy here. It definitely doesn't live up to the other Wolverine uh, standalone books of the time. Yeah, uh, Geshem's not an exciting locale, and I think it's I think it's weird that there was ever a sequel to this. Uh, it is absolutely get... bizarre that this A exists and that B. 
that the story needed to continue in any way, shape, or form because there's not a lot happening here. You know what I mean? I I understand why it exists. Mm-hmm. I can I can see how the pitch meeting went and how they decided. Okay, Peter, you want to do a Wolverine story that's like uh, Swords of the Sorcery? Whatever, that's fine. You do that, Peter Allen David. Um, but I don't know why they kept going with it. No. I, I, I can't fathom. So we should probably rank this one so that we can move on to part two. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. We're also going to do uh, the other <laughs> Reign of Terror story. Um, yes. But you, you mentioned ranking, and we rank things on our ever-expanding, ever-growing, incredibly long list of every story um, that the X-Men have appeared in or adjacent to or whatever we felt like the criteria was for this list. Honestly, some of this, some of this, we just shoot from the hip. We're renegades. Podcast police can't get us. We're incredibly uh, good. We we don't follow any laws. We're the bad boys of comics podcasting right here. It's Adam and Zach in the morning. Uh, we've ranked 507 stories. We've ranked 507 stories on this list uh, with the best story currently uh, being the House of X and Powers of Ten. Uh, the a hundredth best story being Excalibur Mojo Mayhem, another perfect bound uh, mm-hmm. book from this era, one that's better. Uh, Way better. Wolverine and the X-Men, the Hellfire Saga is at 200. At 300 on our list is Uncanny X-Men Quarantine. Uh, at number 400 on our list is X-Force Volume 2, 1 through 6. Let it bleed. Uh, number 500 on our list is New Mutants for. Ever, and then the Draco's at the bottom. Okay, I would say this is better than New Mutants Forever. It is um, better than New Mutants Forever. <laughs> this is. I wanted to say this is better than Uncanny X Force Volume Two, but I actually don't think it is. No, because like Generation yeah. M is eight spots above that at three ninety two, and Generation mm-hmm. M was a better story than this. Yeah, I do think we're probably on par with something like the 8th Uncanny X-Men Annual, which is at 395. So we're in the right realm here. You know, it's it's not terrible to look at. Uh, there's just not a lot of story, you know? I got a weirdly comparable one. Okay. Uncanny X-Men 1 half. Thrall. It's like oh, this yeah. story, but the short version. <laughs> that's true uh i i think this is probably better looking than than yes. that but by far uh no, no insult to ringo's artwork yeah hold on wait that was mike ringo it's not his best work well listen ringo's doing a nice uh you know cartoony thing for a wizard promotion comic like it's it's not as this is definitely designed to be a showcase for cuber um right so I, I think this is better than that. Uh, how do you? I don't think though it's better than four sixteen days of future present, which has that Art Adams issue. Okay, but what else does it have? It doesn't really have much. It does have uh, <laughs> Rachel eating a cheeseburger in a sombrero. So it's a very um, good hat. <laughs> I love Rachel's Rachel's hat there. Um, yeah, that's probably right because like as much as I have my qualms with it an age undreamed of uh from uncanny at 413 is better than this mm-hmm. uh, so i'm i'm fine putting this above cyber force x-men and below days of future present as our new number 417 fantastic 
Yeah, um, this is one of those curiosities from the time period, but I don't think you necessarily need to, to track it down. Uh, it's not you're... even that much of a curiosity. It it exists, uh, but you don't need to, like, you're not yeah. missing anything. Unless you're one of the people like myself who's like a 90s Wolverine, like, perfect bound completist who just wants all these things for no reason. Don't um, be that guy. Be the guy who wants to read all of the Larry Hama Wolverine. That's what you oh, gotta yeah. do. No, that's that's true. the better. That's the better way to experience Wolverine in the 90s is the unbridled energy of Larry Hama. I did uh, I did recently buy the uh, the Hemingway arc. Hemingway Deathstrike yeah. arc. Uh, yeah, it's and, good. And, and floppy, it's on so. this list really high. <laughs> People would... Uh, I, I uh, wonder if there's people who think, oh my gosh, these guys. That's at number 63 on this list. There's people who think we are idiots. No, that's a really fun story. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great story. No one can debate us on this. No one can judge us here. People will also agree that our next story is not so great. Uh, not involving Larry Hama. And fortunately, this required not only a plotter, but also a scripter. Ian Edgington and John Ostrander. Uh, and then we do not have Andy Kubert returning uh, to Wolverine Knight of Terra. This is Jan Dersima and yes, Rick Jan Dersima. Maggar. Yeah, Dersima, sorry. I like Dersima's art. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's my favorite here, but I do like, I do like Dersima as an artist. What's what's interesting is the story in Wolverine Night of Terra is more complex and I think probably a little more interesting than Reign of Terra, but it doesn't look nearly as nice, you know, like it for for what Kubert uh, was bringing in the in the first book. This is not up to that standard. Yeah. So the thing that happens is that. Wolverine gets sucked back into Geshem by the shaman, uh, who's different than all of the other wizards. Uh, it's yeah, Professor X not not time. Cable, and we don't. Does this person have an analog in the Marvel U? It's Professor X. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. He's um, beefy, man. He's a big guy. He doesn't look. This like was Professor this X. was 1995. This is this is Professor X can freaking rip a phone booth. Both. probably a phone booth too phone have you booth. seen those pecs <laughs> oh my god um he also kind of has a, a pet uh nightcrawler beast creature yeah. that hangs out with him it's weird that that threw me off because he has a beast right but this is a story about the beast right who is not the beast analog because you know grant morrison didn't write this uh, but is instead Sabretooth. Okay, hold on though, because you're you're referring back to the prophecy, right? That that Rain, the princess, uh, is going to be eaten or destroyed or killed or something by the beast. Okay, yes, I might be, but you're again expecting me, Adam, to make heads or tails of these nonsense stories. Well, but this is where things get, I think more interesting but also kind of more stupid like because the the prophecy says that the beast is going to take her now what it turns out is that it's really just this 
Geshem's Rain. Did we mention that Geshem's Rain is just spelled R-A-I-N? I don't we think did. we mentioned that. It's we stupid. don't have to, though. <laughs> it's fine. Is that Rain is going to also mutate into a wolf. And that is the beast. She needs to accept the beast. But because she's not accepting the beast, there's an actual physical manifestation of the magic of the land, which just happens to look like Jim Lee's uh, saber tooth. <laughs> And Wolverine has to stop it? That sound right? That's like, yeah, that's right, but I don't like it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, uh, I also don't like uh, that Bishop walks in on a naked rain who attacks him uh, when switched with the other rain. That's yeah, no I good. Mean, it's not. It's not good. This is a 1995 comic, so parts of my brain know to expect just horrible stuff like that and just like shut up like we're really doing this okay whatever and, and we page. also get to see uh geshem's we don't get to see geshem's new mutants again except for doug but we do get to see geshem's x-men which look a lot more like x-men than mm-hmm. geshem's new mutants cyclops looks like a cyclops yep storm not looks like, like a, storm. not like a one a one-eyed man he looks like scott summers yeah, he's got kind of like a like a Thor kind of thing going on with his helmet. He kind mm-hmm. of looks like Batman from time to time too. It's weird. It's a I don't even know what to say. The designs aren't <laughs> good. They're just dude. The X Men doing a friggin' uh, LARP. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wolverine runs runs into Ileana, who's not Ileana, and that's not interesting. It should be, but it's not. It's just like, oh, you're there too? I guess we had 60 whatever pages to fill. <laughs> yeah, this one is just as long as the other one. And, uh, you know, with, with subpart art and uh, Sabretooth running around with, you know, like extra long fangs, it's it's just, this one's, I think, dealing with a more interesting play on the concept, but ultimately it is just dumber. The you problem know? is it's a bad concept. <laughs> there's there's not a lot to be gained from this so i'm just confused uh at why it exists yeah i i have a feeling that um you know somebody was sitting around having read reign of terra and was like oh what if the beast was rain this will be cool but there's not a lot beyond that you know, once you get to that part of the story where Professor X kind of convinces the other world's reign to accept her wolf part, mm-hmm. and then she comes back and, and kicks the crap out of Sabretooth with Wolverine. It, it, I mean, that is the most interesting thing that's happening here. And everything else around it, pretty silly. I, I've got nothing for Night of Terror. I've read this before. I don't. I didn't remember anything. I don't remember anything after reading it this time. That's not, I, I wish stories were better is all. I just, (laughs) this one's not. And I wish, I wish they would have done a good one here. Cause like John Ostrander is not exactly a spring chicken at this point. This is post suicide squad. Mm -hmm. He's, he's done stuff. I don't know why this one's bad. You know, it's you're being dealt a bad hand when you're doing this kind of a story. So, uh, you know, I have a feeling he's brought in to 
you know, script over over the idea and, and Ian Edgington was right. Ian and, Edgington was late, wasn't he? He was late, <laughs> and then they were like, "Listen, John, John, buddy, help us out here, John, please." <laughs> uh, yeah, this so, yeah. is this is not uh, deep into Ian Edgington's career at Marvel. He had been doing some work on Blade, uh, hmm. and that's about in a few like. A few annuals. And also, codename Firearm, a story I've never heard. Oh, it's Malibu. That doesn't count. The Malibu Ultraverse? Oh, yeah, it's it's from the Malibu <laughs> Ultraverse. Phoenix Resurrection? No, no, it's not connected to Phoenix Resurrection. It's just because Marvel bought Malibu for reasons that have never really been clear. Uh, it's because in the early 90s, Marvel bought everything, and that is why they ran into bankruptcy problems. Not, thank you very much, because they didn't have the rights to X-Men or whatever the heck people say. No, I forget. No. And also, that is... that's that's not how they got out of bankruptcy either, but that's, that's fine. It's fine. Hmm. People have it. ideas, you know? They're not people right. Don't, <laughs> people don't know stuff. Sometimes people are just dumb. <laughs> um, we should we should rank this one because we have lost the plot so hard, folks. I promise you, if you listen to the other 198 episodes, we mostly stay on topic. This isn't uh, a bad episode. We're we are critically analyzing these these not great comics. No, um, we're not. We're saying these are bad, but we've got an hour to fill, <laughs> and we and you and I's internal clock know that if we're we just say oh it's bad and then we skip it, we're like oh crap. Now we got to riff a lot at the end. So instead, we just fill out the middle. Oh, my God. All right. This is not as good as Reign of Terra. And that's already at 417. Is this as bad as 429, the New Mutants Nova Roma story? It's worse because that New Mutants story has like a good issue in it. It does. It has that great uh, that beach issue. At yeah. The end. Number 12 is actually good on that one. Okay. Um, Working my way down. Quest Probe, Marvel Fanfare 33 at 439. My Quest Probe's better. I don't know if Quest Probe's better. I, I'm fascinated by Quest Probe in a way that I'm not fascinated by the sequel to Reign of Terra. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it. I'm very glad that no one has revisited Terra. Here's what Though I, if somebody here's what has I a great say. idea, you know. No, if someone has a great idea, they can make their own <laughs> D&D world. We don't have to use Geshem. Here's what I'd say. At number 442, we have X-Men Noir. And I think this is better than X-Men Noir. I don't think this is better than X-Men 67 through 70, the (laughs) infinitives of evil, where we find out that the... That the Madeline Pryor... That... That Nate Gray sucked back into reality was replaced with a different... Evil Jean Gray. Oh my god. From a different reality who was murdering... All these people, and then anyway, I will that's, that's never understand that. Never. I will understand that Nate got a magical tattoo transfer in that story, <laughs> and that's what's really important. All right. So I will. Night of Terra, Wolverine, Night of Terra, four forty-two. Yeah, that's at four forty-two. Uh, it's not a good one, y'all. No, no. We got better. We have something better, but equally weird. And I had so. I want to tell tell you all about the notes that I left for this and that I left months ago uh, <laughs> that we only deciphered in the last week before we recorded. We I, I wrote, okay, I got 
Reign of Terror. That's the first story on the list. Well, let's see. Well, Night of Terror. That goes with it. What else can we put with it? What are we saying? No one's giving us good suggestions. Like from our Patreon, if you're on a $5 and up level, where you can give suggestions to fill out the rest of the uh, episode. Uh, no one gave us good ones for that. So I was thinking, I was like, wait, what about that one story where Rain Sinclair meets that one Scottish king? Send tweet. <laughs> Done. No idea what that meant afterwards. Right. And we did have to figure out when and where that was and if we had already ranked it. And we hadn't. We hadn't. No, we haven't. So this is a, a four-issue arc, New Mutants, Volume 1, 47 to 50. Uh, Chris Claremont, Jackson Geis, mostly doing the pencils, but we get uh, a nice Brett Blevins appearance, which I want to talk about. Uh, Kyle, Baker, Kyle Baker on inks. Um, and Glynis Oliver doing colors. Uh, this is the battle against the Magus. This is the final battle. Warlock versus the Magus. Well, you say final like it doesn't come up a lot. I know, but it's, you know, in the course of volume one, this is this is the head to head. Yes, um, this this goes up to New Mutants 50. It's the big climax of that whole uh, era. Like even after this, Claremont kind of just fizzles off of the book. Oh, yeah. Uh, he had. He's he's still on it for what another like six to ten issues or something, but it's he's kind of done. Yeah, he's 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 checked out at that point. Um, and it's interesting. It's coming right out of the mutant massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, if you remember right when we did our mutant massacre episode all the way back in the before times, um, <laughs> New Mutants forty six has the New Mutants getting real frustrated about not being able to do anything about the mutant mask. Sicker and Karma's like, oh dang, my 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 kid or my I say kids, my brother and sister. I have to go find them, and it explodes. And also, the Magus shows up. Uh, the Magus is Warlock's evil dad, who Warlock has to defeat in ritual combat, right? Because that's or the Magus has to murder him, right? You get you get two options if you're uh, part of the the technarchy. <laughs> like right? all fathers and sons, you have to murder your dad, or your dad's gonna murder you. <laughs> Which is a lesson I'm instilling in my young boy, and when he is old enough to grab the blade, uh, he shall fe- face me in combat, and if I have raised him well, uh, my blood will be on his hands. Jesus Christ. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good bit. I'm keeping it. I'm not editing these right now, uh, so I don't get to choose. Adam, if you want to have the story uh, of my you child can tell me murdered. if you want me to cut that out or not oh no 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 let's keep, let's let's keep my son stabbing me with a knife um oh, just like warlock should do with his dad but doesn't no um, uh in fact they go on the run so the story begins in limbo and you know you mentioned uh as guardian wars earlier and i feel like claremont is pulling the same stunt again here because not only do they go on the run into uh the past at first you mentioned uh their reigns interactions with uh scottish leader robert de bruce and uh but then they get split up and go on a future uh multiple dystopian alternate futures yes which i'm gonna say that's an interesting choice Mm -hmm. uh to give two kind of similar futures, one of which is definitely just the Days of Future Past future. Pretty much, yep. And one of which 
is the New Mutants Mutant Supremacy future where, uh, what's his name? Roberto? Roberto is the evil dictator of this new world. Also, incredibly funny, uh, the Marvel Rekia lists Magneto's name as a supporting character on this as Michael Xavier. <laughs> Remember when Magneto pretended to be Charles Xavier's right, he's his cousin? Yeah. He's his cousin. There are these like beautiful vignettes in this thing where my, where Magneto is like cleaning up after the new mutants and is like how do they eat this stuff when he's looking through the fridge or like why is your room so messy and it's like it's so uh, bonkers but it all hinges on the mutant war which i feel like claremont is kind of hinting at here that we never got because they they sort of claim in here that if magneto joins the hellfire club that it's going to cause some sort of like enormous rift and yeah we do that fight does come later in in this arc and not in this arc but in this series yeah it's uh it's an interesting one uh more interesting in the fact that claremont was definitely playing with a lot of ideas over a long period of time and it's the one story he never really got to do yeah, uh, yeah. which i think is to me is fascinating. It does mean that Claremont didn't get to do a Shadow King story, which I think we should all be happier for. Um, <laughs> I would still have liked to, just in an alternate universe, just to take a little peek at whatever that would have looked like back in the 90s. But Can I tell you what you lose, though? Do you yeah. know what you lose if he does that? everything right i mean well i was just gonna say brood trouble in the big easy and also that omega red story <laughs> well it probably would have happened before that you but... miss you miss that part where uh wolverine and gambit play basketball that's true that's true you can't you can't deny the the, the beauty of that uh so what do you think of jackson geiss's artwork here because we've seen geiss work before I don't think we're, like, seeing peak Jackson Geis here. Geis is fine here. He's not my favorite. He's wildly overshadowed by the Brett Blevins issue. I was going to say that. And the the highlight for me is, I think it's issue 49. It is. uh, When we get Brett Blevins and it starts with Doug riding Warlock as a skateboard through this future. It is just such... Uh, a nice flex for Blevins to show off like what he can do with Warlock turning into a pterodactyl, turning into cartoon characters. And it just feels alive in like a, a really fun way. Um, yeah. That part rules the rest of the arc. I, I almost feel, and I don't know if you agree with this. I feel like Geis is almost trying to channel Sinkevich a little bit. Oh, he is. Areas. He absolutely is. I think like, Especially the first issue with Kyle Baker on inks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Baker has that same messy style that Sinkevich does when he inks. Uh, so I think there's definitely some of that being pulled there. Uh, whether it was Kyle Baker trying to mimic the uh, previous inker on the book or editorial saying, well, let's get this guy that also inks like Bill. Um, on this, uh, I don't want to say one way or another. It's, I, I don't think, I don't think anyone needs to defend Kyle Baker. He's got a pretty, pretty well established career of being good at his job. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't think the art is bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it's just, um, it's kind of flat. 
you know, especially with the, the colors, uh, God bless, uh, Glenister. It's just not, there's not a lot to visually look at. I think the best thing that happens is in issue 50, um, you really get this to see him stretch out when, uh, the Magus battle happens because you get like these two page spreads of the Magus and, you know, that part, it's cool. Like you can see, I think you can see the Sienkiewicz influence there a lot more. Yeah. We didn't even talk about how issue 50 is also a Star Jammer story. Right. Yeah. They catch up with uh, Xavier and Corsair and... Um, uh, it's the, the, so the, the, weird that Professor Xavier was hanging out in space with Carol Danvers, the movie star, for <laughs> yeah, a bi- very long time. Binary. Yep. You, you think that ever comes up? Like, do you think Carol Danvers is sitting there being the head of the Avengers and be like, man... I don't want to do anything to help out mutants, but I do remember when I hung out on a spaceship with Charles Xavier for like three years. Right. Cyclops' dad was there. It was wild. Yeah. He, she was a star jammer. Uh, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of like fun little stuff that happens in here. Like uh, Robert the Bruce exchanges a necklace to rain for an X-Men belt um, <laughs> that he wears with his kilt, which is kind of fun. We Listen, get the... If Robert the Bruce wants to show up in, like, Ten of Swords 2, Eleven of Swords, I am all for it. <laughs> Let's get the, all the X-Men from all time, from all generations. Have Robert the Bruce stand next to, like, I don't know, uh, Skullfire from X-Men 2099. Just get wild with it. <laughs> we also get the um, the Sentinel that killed Captain America in Days of Future, Past, Future that is uh, cosplaying <laughs> It's Captain America, which is kind of funny. It is kind of funny, <laughs> except for the Captain America. I don't know if he likes Sentinels, but he's not doing a lot to stop them. Uh, no. That's all I'm saying. Captain America may have a blind spot for mutants. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, I love Captain America in every book that doesn't have the X-Men in it. Every one of them, he's great, except for the ones with the X-Men in them. That's usually how it works. Um, we also really get uh, a cameo in 49 of, uh, uh, it's Julie Power, right? Uh, who is now. Well, no, the, it's Katie. It is Katie. It's Katie. She got all of the powers of all of her uh, family as yeah. they died. In yeah, this you assume the, the power pack, the rest of the power pack is dead. So. Yeah, because it's, it's Julie mm-hmm. uh, who is Julie's powers that get shown. It's the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really Katie, little baby Katie, except for little baby Katie's like 80. Katie's I really, 80. You know what I really appreciate about that is that like, she's just a, a little old lady and like, they just, you know, they she's Brett super draws, cool too. Yeah. She's like just this super cool, like octogenarian, you know, it's like great. She's doing her best. No, I like it. Uh, it's a good. It's better. It's good in comparison to the stuff we were doing this week. Uh, as a new mutant story, it's just okay. It's fine. It's just it okay. Seeds, it seeds some Inferno stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some stuff with Ileana that, like, she's kind of the the crux of the story is her having to like deal with Limbo stuff so that she can rescue her friends. Right. Um. And I mean, Claremont writes a good Ileana. We all know that. Even if you think she's pure evil. He writes a good Ileana. Yeah, uh, Warlock accepts Xavier as his true father, which is weird, but I like it. 
That is weird that he's like, you're my dad now, Charles. And he's like, I barely know you, alien boy. <laughs> I've been hanging out in space. So I think there's a lot of uh, fun storytelling here. I, I think artistically it's harder to recommend outside of issue 49. That's probably the best of the batch for me. But there's still some really delightful stuff happening in this uh, in this arc. There absolutely is. Uh, so we should probably rank it then? Absolutely. Uh, and definitely higher than 417 at, with Reign of Terra. Um, how, uh, where, it's where, not better than that Uncanny X-Men Quarantine, which has bad art. Right, but quarantine. it also has Wolverine, instead of using his claws, just using regular knives. <laughs> that is that is a fun issue and that is at uh 300 so i i agree i think we're in the 200s here um i like but, death of x better all right that is at 342 well did you say wait 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 no i so, like quarantine better all right so this is gonna be a 300 story so in mm-hmm. my in my reckoning it's a mm-hmm. 300 story and i think you'll agree when i say is this better than new meat and summer special no there we go. And what's that at? 354. You know what? Hold on. Hold on. I want to, I want to, given where, let me put, let me put it this way. You know that I think that summer special is placed incorrectly on this list. So I'm looking at what's around this. I do think that if we look up the list, there are some stories here that this is better than, um, I think this is better than Deadly Genesis. I think this okay. is better than Extreme Expo and Expose. Um, this I is think probably this better is, than X Core. Yeah, X Core is at three forty four. How do you feel about it compared to Divided We Stand at three forty three? I feel exactly the same way about both <laughs> of these stories. We we found the spot. I would give. I would give the. I would give the edge to this new mutant story, but I would not put it above uh, three forty-two, which is Death of X. I would agree. So this is going to make it our new three forty-three. I think that's a perfect place. Uh, definitely, if you're doing a, a new mutants run, you're going to want to, you know, read this as part of it. Oh yeah, if you're reading new mutants all the way through, yeah, you're you'll be fine. This is just like we were we were talking off air. Um, it's just a cross time caper, and I'm not convinced there's ever really been a good one (laughs) has there been a good cross time caper we don't know i think there's been good parts of cross time capers i don't know if there's been a start to finish good cross time caper Uh, but that's just my judgment as a professional uh (laughs) podcast boy um whose opinions cannot be argued with because i'm correct and adam is correct and the list is correct and no one no one can argue about that no, no one would ever try to litigate such a such a silly thing. Um, no, it's not a crime to be no. wrong, but we're not wrong. We're That's right. True. So and we've done no crime. No, you know, and it's 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 clear that we're good at our jobs. Um, we are absolutely great at it. Uh, and do you know who else is great, Adam? Uh, 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 Nick, I think it was. Yeah, it's Patreon supporter Nick Wilson's great. Thank you, Nick. Uh, I I have the Patreon list. Adam doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> Don't blame him. I just, I was like, I think that was the name. Uh, but we, uh, you know, 
We want to thank Nick for going on over to Patreon and supporting the show, supporting the website. There's some incredible stuff going on over there at Comics XF. Uh, there's a piece uh, that went up this week by Ritish Babu, uh, who's one of my favorite critics, uh, period, and a great guy. And the piece is incredibly powerful about representation in comics, specifically in how well-meaning white liberal writers will tend to be like, look at the diversity I'm adding to all of these books and then actually not do a good job at it at all to the detriment of the people that you're trying to represent. Uh, it's a, it's a great piece. You should check it out. If you haven't already, uh, there's a bunch of good stuff. Uh, our friends over at Chris's on infinite earths just covered, uh, Necrotia, which is fun. Uh, our, our buddies over at WMQ and a, uh, just did an interview with the writer of the latest uh, Rogue uh, novel mm-hmm. uh, that's out there. So maybe go check out what they've got cooking. Um, and all that money just goes right into the site. So, you know, help us out if you can. Join the Discord if you want. You get special benefits from the Patreon, and we do fun things there. <laughs> um, it's a good website, and it's a good Twitter account at ComicsXF. Adam, what's up? Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy and Instagram Adam.rec. Uh, if you go to my uh, Twitter account, we are uh, doing a fundraiser for uh, my brother and his wife. Um, I won't get into specifics here. You can check it out there. But uh, if you can chip in, I would greatly appreciate it. And I will draw something for you. So and uh, don't even don't even worry about going to the Twitter account. Uh, just scroll right down. There will be a link in the uh, show notes for this episode. Uh, and if you can help out, that would be really appreciated. Because uh, their family is going through a lot right now. And we want to support Adam and uh, the whole Rec family. Thank you. Uh you know the future of the show i mean who could say really what well we we are on the road to 200 and we're almost we're almost uh, through it yeah so i i you know maybe we should hold off and just like it should be a surprise and you know we could just have a you know a party next week and that that'd be cool right i mean you know <laughs> what we'll just we'll just see what the road to 200 brings but until then adam this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!